and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's March 3rd, 2023, and this is episode 99. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. We've got a fun episode this week. After a quick overview of the film's opening and theaters this weekend, I'll be reviewing Creed 3, which is one of those films uh, opening in theaters this weekend. And then I've got a conversation with my good friend Ibrahim Mark Brown as part of my Disney 100 movie watching project. Uh, Ibrahim and I discuss Walt Disney Animation Studios' 1973 animated feature, Robin Hood. So, uh, new in theaters, we've got two films. First up is the aforementioned Creed 3, which I'll be reviewing here in just a bit. And then we've got a film called Operation Fortune. This is an action comedy from Lionsgate. It's directed by Guy Ritchie. And I haven't heard of this film. I, when I was doing research about what films were opening up today, I haven't seen a poster or a preview for it, so I'll, I'll post the, tra- uh, the, the trailer in the podcast notes on my blog in case you, you know... You haven't seen it. You can also, of course, just find it on YouTube. But uh, Jason Statham plays a super spy named Orson Fortune, and and this and he must track down and stop the sale of a deadly new weapons technology wielded by a billionaire arms broker who's played by Hugh Grant. Uh, Orson Fortune is re, is reluctantly teamed with some of the world's best operatives, and they're played by Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Elwes, Bugsy Malone. Uh, and so Fortune and his crew also recruit Hollywood's biggest movie star, uh, whose you know the character name is Danny Francesco. He's played by Josh Hardnett, uh, to help them on their globe-trotting undercover mission to save the world. Supposedly, if I if I'm not mistaken, according to the preview, that uh, Danny Francesco is this arms dealer's favorite movie star. So it's got a pretty fun cast. Uh, you know, Guy Ritchie's stylin' and violent direction, most likely. Uh, the Motion Picture Association rates Operation Fortune, it's just rated R, uh, for language and violence, you know, and again, no surprise, given that it's, 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 it's from Guy Ritchie. So, we'll see. I guess the jury's out on Operation Fortune, if it's, if it's any, it's any good. Now let's just go into the Creed Three review. Creed Three is a you know of course a boxing film. It is uh is this third and I mean and again no doubt a third installment in these Creed movies that were started up uh by the first film Creed and Ryan Coogler uh, directed Creed and. I thought Creed was just a really pleasant surprise. It's, as you you know may recall, a spinoff of the Rocky films, but it, to me it just felt like uh, just actually another Rocky film, but but uh, a really a really you know human interesting one. Uh, Adonis Creed is a who's played by Michael B. Jordan. Is a is a forgotten son of Apollo Creed, who was played by Carl Weathers in the original Rocky movies, and uh, you know he's got he's got anger issues and whatnot over over his um, over his past. Um, those get resurfaced again in a big way in Creed Three. Uh, we learn a a backstory that's been created. For Adonis, that 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 as he was a struggling youth, his best friend was um, a guy named Damian Anderson, or they just called him Dame. Um, and this in in Creed Three, he's played by Jonathan Majors, and 
they both had boxing aspirations, but after uh, uh, they were they were out carousing one one night when they were you, you know youth teenagers, and after an unfortunate event, um, Dame goes to prison, and Adonis Creed doesn't, and so uh, Damien's got big issues going on. Uh, when he finally gets out of prison, and and uh, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll keep this spoiler free. But as you can see from the trailers, um, that Adonis Creed and Dame have a uh, huge boxing match. They've got they've got a big fight, and it's it's uh, where they really kind of fight out the. Uh, Battle over over the the demons of their past and, and and their and their kind of bitter feelings towards towards each other. Uh, I think so. This this film was directed by Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Ryan Coogler was involved. He was a pr- producer and also credited as a writer, along with his brother Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin. Um, also gets a writing credit. Uh, the film is just a solid sports movie. We'll just let's just put it that way. Where I thought the original Creed was was terrific in that it was, as I just mentioned, it was a continuation of 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 the Rocky story, but in a really cool way. So, you know, Sylvester Stallone was in it, and and this and this one, you know, Sylvester Stallone or Rocky really doesn't even have a, a mention. And not that it needs to, but you know, it is part of this whole kind of rocky um, storyline in a way. But anyway, I won't get too too fussy about that. I think that that uh, Michael B. Jordan did a credible job of directing the film. Um, the acting is terrific. You know, Michael B. Jordan's a good actor. Jonathan Majors is really menacing, really good in this role, and. Uh, so you know that that part that part is is interesting. They, um, I thought I thought that the uh, the fight scenes, they're they're talented, and I'll get a, talk about it in a minute about the movie theater that I saw this in. I know I've seen ads that that uh, this is optimized for IMAX and and get ready for some really dynamic dynamic fight scenes. And I think that some of these were, you know, some of the the, the shots, et cetera, were influenced by Japanese anime and some other things. But I got to tell you, I wasn't really wowed by any of the cinematography in this film. Uh, I remember in the original Creed that Ryan Cooler's camera was something cool. And the way particularly he moved the camera around the boxing ring, it was electric. Um for me, I didn't get any 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 of that. Now, part of the reason could be that so I saw it at at uh, a Megaplex theater, um, which is just you know a, a movie chain in the state of Utah. They they run a quality operation, and and I like Megaplex, but my big beef with Megaplex, and some of it again could be me, but. I always think that they don't have their projection uh, brightness turned up enough. The movies are always dull looking, and uh, just as far as just because they they're low light, they don't they don't have projection. I go see a film at uh, Cinemark, which is also another big, of course, it's a big national chain, but but uh, they've got a lot of theaters in Utah, and including one close to my house. their projection is always just bright and crisp and fantastic, no matter the size of the theater. You could be in one of their biggest theaters or one of their little, little itty-bitty ones that are like a living room. But the projection always looks fantastic. And that, again, was just really bugging me last night because a lot of this film, you know, it takes place at night. And um, it – or just in dark rooms and, and – uh, it just it was it was it really bugged me and, and and during the boxing match too it's not it's not just super bright. Uh, one thing that was fun about this boxing match, at least they set it up. It was 
at the Battle of Los Angeles, and it took place in Dodger Stadium. I wonder, I don't know how much was actually filmed in Dodger Stadium, maybe some of the interiors. I wonder, it seemed to me that the exteriors were most likely all CGI, just given the complexity of trying to do that kind of a, a shoot there, uh, and the expense, etc. Um, and, you know, again, it looked okay, but it was just so dim. It really bugged me. <laughs> so, so, again, I don't know how much to blame the filmmakers and how much to blame Megaplex for a less than stellar uh, uh, movie movie going experience. Um, I'd give Creed three out of five stars. Again, s- solid sports movie. Didn't think it was anything uh, overly special. And again, not nearly up to the to the quality that um, the original Creed was. <laughs> Next up in the episode is that aforementioned uh, discussion with my buddy Ibrahim Mark Brown about Robin Hood. Uh, Robin Hood is a film that that he and I both like a lot. I thought it would be fun to have to have him on the show and and get his perspective on why this is a film that he that he enjoys. I know that's not necessarily the best film out of Disney Animation. I think for, for probably for many of us, it was a childhood favorite uh so there's a lot of sentimental value to it it's just it's just silly clean fun and and uh and a fun story you know uh probably think it was my introduction to robin hood uh if i were to have my choices and i believe i mentioned this in the in the in the discussion uh i i i'd watch uh the errol flynn robin hood uh film that he, that was made at Warner Brothers but um, anyway this is still this is still a, a childhood favorite and it was really enjoyable to discuss Robin Hood with Ibrahim Mark Brown all right I'm fortunate today to get to uh, be talking with my good friend Ibrahim hi Ibrahim hey Sanford can you hear me all right yes I can hear you great can you hear me all right awesome. I hear you perfectly you know, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast, Ibrahim. We are both mutual Disney fans. We met, I think we figured out we met on Twitter first, probably through our friend Rachel, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and, yeah. And then uh, just, you know, Ibrahim is a great uh, Disney fan, an animation fan. I, when I was writing for the Animation Fascination website, uh Ibrahim was was a, a very loyal uh, reader, and I sometimes think he was my only reader. <laughs> so, <laughs> <I was> always, <laughs> always grateful to you, my friend, for your uh, for your kindness and support. Uh, I appreciate. It. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Now, you create some really cool uh, kind of animation and movie content. How 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 did you get into you know, animation. What sparks your interest in animation? I've always been into animation Disney ever since I was young, and it might have been with you know Beauty and the Beast being probably the first animated and Disney film I've seen, and up to now, still my favorite. Animated still the best I've ever seen, exactly. And uh, I've always been interested in not just from a fan's perspective, but like a historian perspective as well. Yes. And then in 2012, I decided to start a blog back in the day when blogs were a bigger thing. And I called it the Animation Accommodation. And uh, first I started with something called Forgotten Minor Characters Project, where I went through the entire Disney canon and talked about a forgotten or minor character from every film. And that's pretty much how I amassed or whatever followers i had at the time i know this stuff i don't do that anymore but other stuff that i do is um a top 13 list animated movie reviews and most famously or not famously but the most fun thing that i do is the i do a game show who wants to be millionaire animation edition which you stanford have been on six times and yes won the last one season i finally won (laughs) so congratulations Uh, thank you that was that's been so much fun ibrahim i've just live i've loved it so thank you Uh, i enjoyed it one thing i didn't didn't realize is i hit 
I passed the hundred episode mark last season. I didn't realize that. So I've done over a hey. hundred of that. Nice. <laughs> it's nice. amazing when you think about it. It but is yeah, amazing. Another, and another, the other blog I have is my live action Disney project, which is hitting its 10th anniversary this year. And that is a blog where I'm trying to watch and review every single theatrically released live action Disney movie ever made. So, um, yeah, 10 years and we're still going. So eventually we'll, we'll hit, we'll, we'll run out, but we'll see. That's so cool. Uh, that's just a, a project that really speaks to me. And I always have so much uh, fun trying to guess which movie you're reviewing. And we'll put links to all of, Ibrahim's uh, excellent content in the podcast notes on my blog, so you can, so you can definitely uh, check it out. Just out of curiosity, remind me again, Ibrahim, what was the what was the last uh, live action Disney movie that you that you watched and reviewed on your blog? Because it was one that I had I I wasn't very familiar with it, if, if, or, or yeah, at all. Yeah, it's not a. So when you when you do this for ten years, like the ones left at the end are like the most more obscure ones. So this one is, <laughs> is one called <laughs> this one is one from nineteen sixty three, I think, called Miracle of the White Stallions. So it's based on a true story of um, a, there was a Spanish writing school of uh, in Vienna, Austria, and the colonel there who was in charge um, of the the horse riding school had. Uh, a type of horse called Lipizzaner, which is like, I guess, a very um, beloved oh, horse yes. breed in Austria. And they tried yes. to, when the Nazis came in, they tried to, you know, save them. And that's pretty much the gist of the movie. Okay. I'm not sure I've ever seen it, but when when you mentioned that horse breed, like, oh, yes, I'm, okay, I've heard, I've heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not one of the more well-known ones, but... No, but that's part of the fun about your project, I think, is just all the, just the the wide variety and, and just the deep dives that you have going on. No, definitely. These, the, the, you, you end up coming up with a lot of like um, gems that you're like, oh, wow, I wish more yes. people have seen this. And sadly, you come yeah. up with a lot of, wow, this is forgotten for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, like I'm so that, glad. On that blog, I rate... I rate them, you know, by grades A to F, and I think most have gotten Fs. Then, well, the, I then love your rating system. Ibrahim's got the coolest rating oh, system, and and uh, it's 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 so thorough and and comprehensive. And seriously, I, I I admire that a lot because I feel like it's 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 emerging of art and science. You know, you're you're you're, you're uh, admiring the artistry, or just experiencing it, but also as you're you know calculating the score, you you you've got the data to back it up. You know what I mean? It's not just like some random <laughs> thing that I, I always do. <laughs> it, it, this came out because of um, you know I, I didn't really have faith or like believe in myself that I'm a reviewer. Up to now, I don't consider myself a, a film critic or a film reviewer. I feel you need a certain skill level for that and i i always looked at myself more as a historian or something along those lines mm -hmm. so yeah by using the I, rubric I the that i created probably. by using the rubric that i created i i feel that's the easiest way for me to come up with a grade at the end <laughs> well it's impressive so definitely go check out ibrahim's <laughs> blog and and uh, we'll have, again we'll have links to everything uh in the podcast notes on my blog so our task at hand today we uh, decided that we wanted to talk about the uh, animated film Robin Hood that Walt Disney Animation Studios did. Oodalolly, <laughs> golly, what a day! The uh, as as uh, I had mentioned it to Ibrahim, I I've picked a hundred movies that I'm watching this year as my own little personal celebration of the hundredth anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. That they're, nice, they're nice. celebrating, and Robin is definitely on that list. It was a childhood favorite, so I was very excited uh, when you mentioned that this was a movie that you might want to talk about with me on the on the podcast. What was your first, you know, memory of of this of this film? Did you did you see it as a child, or what? You know, what point did you did you 
see it? You know, do you remember? What's your personal history with you know this with this movie? No, I um I did grow up with this. I did see it as a child. I don't remember my first viewing of it, but it's just one of those that I just remember. You know, growing up with you know Beauty and the Beast, Robin Hood, Lion King. Those probably some of the first first Disney films I've seen. I don't remember the actual first time, but I've loved it ever since. Um, then, so that's why I'm so glad we're able to talk about it now. Um, so when I joined the blogosphere and I started following other like, you know, Disney bloggers or people who would like rank the Disney canon, I was very surprised when a lot of them, if not all of them that I followed, put Robin Hood near the bottom. Like they would put Robin Hood like the bottom ten, and I was so shocked. Like, wow, you really think Robin Hood is in the bottom ten? And like for me, it's it's this is a top ten film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so where do you uh, have it ranked in your in your uh, <laughs> ranking? Do you do you, so, do you, I mean if you, if it's off the top of your head? Do you know? So I'm currently I, I never like ranked the entire canon, but currently I'm doing that now. I'm going through the canon. I, I just did. I just watched um 101 Dalmatians and Sword of the Stone. So the Robin Hood's nice. Soon, but um. So yes, I don't know what my new rating will be, but I when I started my blog, I did a top thirteen favorite Disney canon films, and it, I didn't rewatch it. It was just mostly like based on what I was thinking at the time, and at that time, Robin Hood was my fourth favorite. Okay, so high up there, you know? Yeah, so I hopefully it'll still be after this rewatch, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, seeing it with different eyes in a different point of life, right, and all that stuff can definitely change but still though it's it's uh it's a film that you know, I know you and i both like i don't have it in my top 10 it's kind of in the more in the middle for me okay. but it's definitely not on my bottom you know at the bottom um, bottom 10 yeah because it's it's i think for me it's a sentimental sentimental favorite i also don't remember when i saw it but i know i saw it when i was little and yeah and uh it just, it's just, I don't know. It's just a film that just brings me a lot of happiness. Uh, it's, it's uh, so charming. I, uh, and then as I've gotten older and, and understood more about where these different actors, you came from the different voice actors and whatnot. A lot of that makes sense. You know, just learning more about Terry Thomas and his, his <laughs> filmography, Peter Ustinov, yeah. uh, they had, they had some really big names in the voice cast. They I think did. that's one, another thing I loved about this movie. I love the voice the voice cast of that movie. Yeah, in fact, let's talk about that just for a bit here. The the, the voice cast. You so, have Terry Thomas. You have Peter Ustinov, George Lindsay, yeah. um, Pat Butcher. Got a lot of Pat Butcher. You have oh. you have um um uh uh gosh, what's his name? The the country singer who voiced Alan Adele. Roger Milton. Roger Moore. Oh, no, Roger Moore. Mil- Miller. <laughs> Miller. Yeah, sorry. not Roger Miller. <laughs> yeah. Not Roger Moore. That would be a different movie. James Bond. That would be cool. <laughs> but Ro- Roger Miller, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Roger Miller ever acted in another movie, like, you know, playing a character. I think this is the only movie he's ever done. I think you are are right. I don't think he he, he has a lot of, of, of film credits. I think, if anything... He, uh, he like plays himself or something, right? Or yeah, or contributed to the you know had one of his songs on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his uh, his you know list on IMDb. He was in a couple of he showed up in a couple of TV shows in the in the 80s. Okay, yeah, I remember uh, he was on Muppet Show. I remember that episode. But. Uh, I just remember, you know, there was there was a song from my my childhood. He he did. Uh, it was called King of the Road. Do you, are yeah, you familiar with that song? I am. I am. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, anyway, I know that there were others, but that one sticks in my mind. And then I just love his uh, his songs that he provided for the Robin Hood soundtrack. I thought that was really a a fun, a creative idea to add him. Exactly that, whist- I, I, that whistling. The whistle yeah. stop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that gained popularity um, again, like back in the early 2000s or late 2000s, because like someone had remixed it um, and called it something else. And then like all the, the kids at the time were into that song. 
I forget what the the new remix was called, but it it gained popularity again. Right. I'm trying to remember the name of that. Because it was more fast paced, like and everyone was playing it back in the day. This was like the 2000s. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna have to look that up. See if we can find what that what that was. I I remember as a kid. I mean, of course, I loved. Phil Harris as Blue the Bear. Yes, I can. In the Jungle Book, but then he also, I mean, he 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 did the Aristocats in 1970, playing Thomas O'Malley the Alley Cat, and then he had the chance to to voice Little John, and I, I just love his voice. You know, I don't really feel like he. He just—I just feel like it's the same voice every time. You know, he's not like trying to be. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Baloo and Little John are pretty much the same character. They're kind of like the same character. (laughs) Even the the way that they move, you know, they're kind of just big giants. So yeah, you're right. I think it is a good point. But but um, but yeah, I think that's part of the charm. Like when I like you want to hear John, uh, not uh, Phil Harris's voice. You want to you want that character that you're so familiar with, and he does an amazing job. Uh, oh, sorry. Peter, the the you... song is called "The Hamster Dance." Oh, okay. Yes. Nice work. <laughs> I, was, I just googled it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for doing that. Peter Ustinov was such an accomplished actor. I just love how he and he brings so much. I think to the role of of um, just the horrible uh, Prince John. Uh, I mean, not Prince John. Uh, no, it is Prince yeah, John. We've got Prince little John. John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it's Prince yeah. John. Uh, too many Johns. <laughs> he, uh, what do you think of, of Peter Ustinov's work in the in this film? Oh, and this is amazing. He's This is one of those, like, there are a couple of performances in Disney, in the animated Disney canon that I would love to see, like, all the video footage of them recording these lines. So he's one of them. Like, yeah, I would also love to see, you know, Vincent Price doing Rat again, or, you know, all of Robin oh. Williams doing a lot, um, Genie or whatever. But yeah, Same this here. is, the, I'd what love to see Peter Ustinov's correct, yeah. um, full <laughs> recording of this. I would too. And, and this wasn't uh, Ustinov's first Disney film because he, he was in, because of my blog, I know this, he was in a couple of other live action Disney films too, like Blackbeard's Ghost and, um, yeah, uh, one of our dinosaurs is missing, and so he, he's not a stranger to Disney, right? You know, when did one of our dinosaurs is missing again? Was that in the sixties? That was the seventies, so that might have been. Oh, that was the seventies. Okay, remember. so it might have been after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know Blackbeard's Ghost was the sixties. Yeah, Blackbeard's Ghost was like mm-hmm. sixty-eight or sixty-nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I remember liking that one a lot as a kid, and. Mm-hmm. I believe that I've added that. I think that's in my on my you know oh, nice. watch list because it, it'll be fun to you know watch that again. But one of our dinosaurs is missing. Wow, that's I know I remember seeing that as a kid. It's been forever. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> that that's uh, one of those. Oh, uh, yeah, you just uh, don't expect too much with that one. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those that it's forgotten for a reason. <laughs> yeah, but it, um, I mean, I know it's totally off point but one cool trivia about that is one of the dinosaur skeletons from that movie um appears in i think the first star wars movie in like the background like when they're at the desert so i think that that's a cool um connection oh that is cool Mm -hmm. you know maximizing movie props right yeah (laughs) right star wars (laughs) and a random disney movie nobody's ever seen it's random disney movie um i and the of course, and we'll get to this in a, in a bit here. But I, sorry, I don't mean to jump all over, but the character animation I think is so good, and and really I think clearly the animators were using the film, you know, the film footage of the recordings because it just seems so much, you know, these actors. Uh, I think that's really okay. evident in 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 Sir Hiss, you know, the Terry Thomas, Terry Thomas that, yeah. voices. That just seems to me the you know an animated embodiment of, of Terry Thomas. Pretty uh, much because like even even the space in his teeth, that's where they put the you know the fork oh, yeah. to come out. Yeah, and they just t- took such advantage of that. I uh, I really 
I really love that. And I think Terry Thomas is, is so, so funny. I love him in it's a mad, 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 mad world. Is that a, have you seen yeah, that? I've, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. And I've seen those magnificent men in their flying machines. Oh, it's yes. called. I think those, yeah. Yeah. Those are the only two movies I've seen with him. Okay. Um, what's interesting to me, <laughs> Ibrahim, and I want to get your opinion on it. Brian Bedford, who's the voice of Robin Hood, is the one actor that I, I honestly could never place. I mean, I've, I've probably seen stuff that he's been in, but I don't um, think I. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I feel it was more of a stage. Like he was more um, popular being a stage actor than a film actor. Like the only other thing I can. I know he was in was uh, the, did you ever see the the Alan Menken Christmas Carol movie from 2004 with Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge? Oh yeah, yeah. So he was in that as I think Fezziwig. That's the only other thing I could I know he was in. Oh, interesting. Okay, well I, I'm just looking at his filmography, and he uh, he was did a, a, quite a bit of TV work. He was in. He was in a really interesting film. Uh, it was a biopic about Richard Nixon that Oliver Stone directed. Oh. Is from like nineteen ninety five. Oh, Nixon. Okay, yeah, I never saw it. And and uh, but again, I couldn't place him in the film. I'd have to rewatch it again and try to uh, try to try to pinpoint who he is. But I think his performance is perfect, as spot on as Robin Hood. You know, I think it was. I thought I it was an excellent casting choice. Same and. Um... Only today, according to I was reading the Wikipedia page, and it has you know it has uh, you know uh, citations, but I, I can't say how accurate they are. But apparently, Tommy Steele was supposed to be the original voice of Robin Hood, and when they recorded him being Robin Hood, like he couldn't sound heroic enough, so they had to recast him, and their choices were either Brian Bedford or Bernard Fox. So I, I don't know that if 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 that's true. I, that's very interesting to know. <laughs> Oh, that is interesting. You know, um, two actresses, so Monica Evans, who voices Maid Marion, and then Carol Shelley, who voices Lady Cluck, they, if I'm not mistaken, were the those uh, geese from the, the, from the Aristocats. I'm not and sure. Then, I, I'm not sure, but I think that they were. And then also, but... One of the reasons that I think that they got cast in both of these films, they made a very memorable appearance appearance in the uh, film adaptation of The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple, yeah, I remember them. The... And and uh, I just so checked anyway, out, you're right about the geese. They, okay, they thank you for verifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured that would be useful. I guess. <laughs> oh no, you're great. The, so okay, so I'm glad to know that I'm not up in the night on that. But they were so funny and so memorable in that in, in that film. I just thought it was interesting that they that they both that they get used, you know, again or two, two different times. Uh, I think it's it's interesting in animation when they get when they do that they get like um you know people who are famous for being duos and um, yes. getting them to voice duo like like I'm thinking right now Brother Bear and they had Rick Moranis and, yeah um, uh, I forget his name now who voiced the other Moose Dave and you know, Thomas Dave I Thomas think. yes and they're both you know talk together in SCTV and whatnot so. And there yeah and there's so this outstanding comedic duo. And and uh, they uh, they just continued on, you know, with that that Mackenzie Brothers stuff that they did <laughs> uh, in in that in that film. Uh, Andy Devine, who voices Friar Tuck, uh, I I just love his voice, and it's just been fun for me same, same. as I, I watch uh, old westerns. Like I watched. The man who shot Liberty Valance, I think it was at some point last year. Just okay. it was just because it was on Turner Classic Movies, and and uh, anyway, he's he's so good. He's such, he's such a great character actor, and I just again a wonderful choice for this film. As 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 are you know many of the other actors like uh, George Lindsay, as you mentioned, who plays Trigger the Vulture, and then Ken Curtis, who, Ken Curtis, who plays opposite him as Nutsy. Um, 
Those guys are funny. <laughs> I think this yeah. comes back to the original the original idea of this film was they wanted to set it in the deep south. So that's why they got a lot of like these southern sounding actors. So you know, Andy Devine, George Lindsay, and Ken Curtis and Pat Buttram before they decided, you know, to make it that take place in the mid- medieval England again. Kind of the classic uh, thing. So um, one actor I want to talk about, and let's let's re- let's re- revisit that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. So Pat Buttram as the sheriff of Nottingham, yes. who I think is also I love, I love his voice so much. He's he's got such a good voice, <laughs> and and uh, what what a great acting choice, and just what a what a bad you know what a great villain he, uh, he is. Too. So yeah, tell us what you know about about the the history of the production. If um, do you know much about what that Deep South uh, storyline was going to be like? Uh, not really. I just know that it was supposed to be set in the Deep South, and that explains a lot of the you know the Southern and Western actors that they got. And I know um you know for a lot of people, including myself, this was the first adaptation of Robin Hood that I was introduced to. Okay. So like um, when I've when I read other people's like reviews on Robin Hood and they've seen it later in life there, they said they, they were always like, like, um, like taken aback or confused with like Pat Butcham's Southern voice as the sheriff of Nottingham and whatnot. But like, since I grew up with that, I, I didn't have any issue with him yeah. being the voice of the sheriff. I just, I know, just, same oh. by me. <laughs> it was just like, well, I, n- I, never, I never questioned why these guys didn't have British accents. Yeah. And you know, Blue the Bear, like, okay, he's in Little John now, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, never, it never. Rob from the rich to steal the poor. <laughs> <laughs> it never, it never bugged me. Are you aware? I don't think I am aware of any other you know things that they were disney was exploring with with the story if they were going to take it in some you know i know another, they another um like influence of it they were they wanted to do a reynard the fox kind of story and i think that's the influence about making robin hood a fox so they took okay. that that um um facet from that idea and they kept that in this robin hood film because i guess right now i'm not very familiar with it but i guess in the in his stories he's not you know a very good guy so yeah. that's why they decided not to go to make that film you know i i'm thinking this has got to be the first robin hood film that i saw too although mm-hmm. i i believe at some point in my childhood just because my, my parents, particularly my mother, really loved movies and particularly uh, classic movies. And I saw yeah, the I Errol saw Flynn. The Flynn one, yeah. Yeah, which I, haven't seen I have to say is probably still my favorite. Okay. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I love, of course, I love this Disney one. I just feel like that, that Errol Flynn one really captures it, it captures the story in such a great way. Um, have, I remember seen- there was the. Sorry, go ahead. No, please, after you. I was going to say, have you seen the Disney um, live action film, The Story of yes, Robin Hood's Merry Men? I have, from like 1953 okay. or something. Correct, the 50s, something like that. Yeah. Um, but but that, that, I like that film too. But um, it's, there's it's, a lot it's of a scenes. Film. It is. There's a lot of scenes in that film that you can clearly see that the animated film was taking inspiration from or yes. playing tribute to from the, you know, Robin Hood and Maid Marian in the forest to the the target shootout um, scene. There's a lot of scenes when I watched that film. I was like, oh, this is from that animated movie. Oh, wait, it's the other way around because this was older than the animated movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, the that, that 1953 version, I saw it on Turner Classic Movies again. They, uh, Film critic and historian Leonard Malton, who I, you know, I'm a big fan of. Oh, yeah. He used to host like a Treasures from the Disney Vault night. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Good times. If you, if, you, if you remember seeing those, and those were great. And I think that's where I saw that 1953 one the first time, because I don't ever remember seeing that one as a kid. Uh, and I was quite, I thought it was solid, you know, like it was really, really uh, well made. Although, I don't know, there's just something about the Errol Flynn one. I think just uh, I love Olivia de Havilland who's in it, and just it's just there's just so much. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that one yet, so I can't say. Oh, you know, 
I mean, you might want to put that in your queue, my friend. Just, you, know, not, you don't have to watch it immediately, but just if you, you know, you can think about it. I got to add <laughs> it to good, the list. It's a good one. Um, you already suggested to me a couple of years ago, um, the, what was it? The Bandstand, I think it was. I still haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all um, good. I got to add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that, okay, talking about the voice talent, and we, we uh, you know, alluded to this a little bit, so I'm a real sucker, and I don't know if it was Robin Hood Ibrahim that really that really you know formed my opinion about this, but I love anthropomorphic animals, you know, animated, you know, anime. I just love it that they were you know wearing clothes and just walking on two legs. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what that is, what it is about it, but that always makes me happy, particularly when Disney does it. I think Disney, uh, you, do, you know does it well so what do you think about the character designs of 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 our cast of our cast of characters in this movie i thought they're very i mean they're pretty much on the dot like how 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 would i imagine a fox standing on his two legs to walk on two legs to move that's exactly how robin hood made marion move how would i imagine you know little john as a bear i would imagine him just like baloo the bear except using his hands more and pretty much that's what he is i i think they did an amazing job portraying these as anthropomorphic you know animals yeah and i'm trying to think if disney has done this in any of the canon besides utopia i think those are the only two i could think of i think those were the two main well i guess maybe well. the rescuers and the rescuers main down under kind of yeah the rescuers because Yep, good point. Yeah. And yeah, maybe there's some others, but those are the Somewhat, those are the only even ones. Even that... then, even then, they're more like real animals. Just right. It's not as as overt as this film. And wearing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bob, Bob Newhart has something on in the rescuers. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I particularly love again, just as we already mentioned that that these characters I think really, really were animated to match the vocal performance. And I think they bring in a lot oh, of yeah, visual definitely. cues of, 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 you know, again, just like with Prince John and uh, Sir Hiss. Alan Adele, I don't think really looks much like Roger Miller as I remember him, but still it's still, he's a, he's a cool character and he, and he walks upright, you know, with his, uh, with his, Correct, yeah, he, he's the narrator of the story, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, uh, exactly. And this is uh, a musical, and yes, it has it some, has. it has some pretty fun songs. It, 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 any insights or what are, what are your thoughts on the on the music in yes, this film? I overly enjoyed the phony King of England is on my top favorite disney songs of all time and i sing that uh, so often it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one um, but i also like i like you know i like not not in nottingham i like oodle Ali. um the, the the love one is the one that i like yeah, as a kid it kind of bored me so i never really got into it That's not even now <laughs> even now i kind of fast forward that <laughs> when yeah, i'm watching that it, but, that whole segment's a little lackluster but the, but the isn't odd, it the odd thing is that got nominated for an oscar so hey Maybe maybe it's me. <laughs> Go figure. No, I would have. I think I, I, with the phony king of England is the one that really sticks with me. And then and then the Udalali, you know the, Udalali, the yeah. opening. Uh, Robin or little John walking through yes. the forest, jumping yeah. fences, dodging trees, and trying to get away. Yep. <laughs> well, and, the songs and, are uh, very memorable and memorable, and also yeah. we'll probably get to this too. But I feel this film is very quotable. Like I, I can quote this film every day. <laughs> There's so I many know. good lines in this. There's in this so film. many good lines in this in this movie. So let's let's explore that then. Let's so the what do you think of the of the script and the overall story structure uh, of this film? Uh, I, I think it does a really good job where it is because it doesn't tell like an origin story of Robin Hood. Or which you know, like the the live action Disney one that we talked about earlier did. That was more of how Robin Hood came to be and how he got his merry men and all that. But this yeah. story kind of takes place right in the midst of it. Like it starts with Robin Hood and Little John running away from the King's guards in the Oodle Alley song, and um, 
I guess when you think about it plot-wise, not much happens besides, you know, the the target practice shootout and then eventually getting the, the Prince John putting taxes on uh, and incarcerating people. But, like, I never had a problem with the pacing. I, I feel this is the story that they wanted to tell, and I I think it fits the atmosphere perfectly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, what... I also don't know what kind of criticism I'd I'd have for it. I maybe it's a little slow moving. Maybe there are a few too many characters, but I, I know some still, people. They're also cute, you know. They're also, <laughs> it's still it's still all enjoyable. Yeah, I know some Go people you, were. Um, yeah, I said I know some people um, aren't fond of like the kids, like Skippy. I was just and, gonna say, yeah, the kids, Skippy, and, like their, and their yeah. segment, like. Yeah, yeah. If you took them out, maybe like I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight to keep them in, but like I don't know. They don't bother me that much either. I wonder if the filmmakers felt like they needed to bring some kids in to make it more appealing to you know little <laughs> little kids. Uh, and then they use it as a plot point. I always get frustrated when the little the baby bunny gets left behind and Robin Hood has to go back. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Save, save her. Yes. And that puts him in great peril. But I guess that's a you know, just a, a device um that can you know that can work. I you know, I the kids too kind maybe kind of bug me, but I think that the character designs are so are so cute. You know, those those rabbits and then like the little turtle, I mean they're adorable, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, so that's how anthropomorphic Rabbits and turtles <laughs> yes. would be, I guess. In yes. Exactly. Uh, and I think, too. And actually, um, sorry, but um, Toby oh, no, the you're Turtle. I, did you see the new Chip and Dale movie? Yes. Okay. I don't know if that's excited, yes or not, but but Toby, um, I, he, he, I, he appears somewhere in like near the ending of that film. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, look, yep. Toby. I actually got a kick out of Chip, that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. Um, I thought they they kind of pushed the limit, and I couldn't and, believe that they got away with it. Uh, but I thought it was funny. What did you think of it? You know, as a side note here, it was okay. I think I gave it like a C. It, it wasn't a bad film, but it was it it was it was interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, I still don't know how they got the rights to South Park. But. I know. I don't know how they got rights to a lot of stuff, and they they were including it. it was crazy, and then again, that Disney like allowed it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they let them make fun of them. I'm, the way I'm very interested if this film had gone to theaters. I'm very curious how much it would have made at the box office. Like, would people yeah. have gone to see it or not? I don't know. Yeah. Uh. I think that the third act is pretty is pretty exciting. Well, I mean, again, as we were talking about the the whole Robin and Marion thing, and then with that song, okay, that's where. So that's that's lol. That's kind of nap time. And then uh, things pick up. That's pretty exciting when they go try to break out everybody from jail, and then also steal all the gold from Prince Actually, John. Yeah, because it starts off very quiet when um, you know he's sets up like the conveyor belt kind of thing and yeah the, the bags one by one until the bag breaks so that climax scene from when the bag breaks and um you know the, everyone's escaping that i consider that my second favorite animated sequence in it, the entire disney canon i love that scene so so yeah, tell, tell me more why you why you love it because i i think it's great too i think it's very exciting Really I think it, I, th- I think that's what it was as a kid. Like, oh my god, that was so exciting, and it, it was just it was fast paced, and like they kept putting in like uh, not jokes, but like every every character was was fighting back or escaping in a way that suited the character. Like you know, the friar Tucky, he, he saved a couple of kids by um, using a wheelbarrow to save them. Um, the the rooster Alan Dale, he uses his mandolin to stop um, arrows from shooting some other kids and. Like I just really love like it's a jailbreak scene, and I guess that was yeah. the first jailbreak scene I've ever seen. So I really, really, <laughs> um, I really enjoy that. For a long time in my life, I debated whether that or um, the Wizard's Duel and Sword in the Stone is which of the two is my favorite 
anime Disney sequence. So I think I said nice. the Wizard's Duel will be number I'm one. Wizard's Duel. Yeah. That one's hard to beat. One yeah. That that one is so impressive and and so clever. But this, you know, yeah, this this finale is exciting. Everybody everybody's involved, you know, breaking out and trying to get the money. And uh mm-hmm. and and then also then all the all the guards and everybody, you know, trying to catch them, all those rhinoceros and rhinoceri. The rhinos and the you know, the alligators and they were you know, everybody trying to trying to get them. The wolves, this, I guess uh, they're wolves, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just yeah, how, Sean's just fired his whole his own castle. <laughs> yeah. And then that fire is intense. And then that's also, pretty intense. For, yeah. yeah. I remember thinking it was intense. And then also how for a couple minutes, we think that Robin Hood is dead. And uh, that's, that's a hard, that was, that was, a, you know, scary and hard uh, as, as a, kid remember, to take, um, a kid to take. When I had the, uh, I used to have the 45th anniversary DVD edition of that movie from the library, and I would borrow it. For those people who were too young to know that DVDs came with bonus features, there was a bonus feature (laughs) that had deleted scenes, and one of the scenes was there was an alternate ending with like a wounded Robin Hood and Prince John pretty much almost trying to kill him, but then I think Richard Lionhearted comes back just in time to stop that. So, oh, interesting! That'd have an interesting ending. How much was it? An, I don't think I've ever seen that, Ibrahim. How I think much of that was animated? Was it storyboarded? Storyboard yeah. Still, how cool! Yeah, you can probably Something find. Try to find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember any other deleted scenes from that film? The, no, because uh, wow, that that alternate ending. That would be something. What do you think of the ending of, of you know that they chose? How does it how does it work? Uh, uh, it's fine. Um, I guess um, I never had an issue. Prince John and the sheriff and Sir Hiss go to jail. I guess by um, <laughs> you know chopping away at rocks. And yeah, then King Richard comes. Richard Lionheart comes back, also voiced by Peter Ustinov. Yes. And, um, you know he may made Marion and Robin Hood gets married. The thing that always like it kind of made me sad was um Skippy at the end decides to join Robin Hood and Maid Marion saying, Hey, they're gonna have kids, so someone's gotta watch them. And I always felt sad because like, oh your mom's gonna miss you, kid. Your old family's I know. gonna miss you. Oh, like, You're like moving moving stick away. Around, just Skippy. <laughs> yeah. But so that yeah. always made me sad as a kid mom. But and then it has love goes on and on. It's like, oh yeah, that was that song that I skipped. And don't they kind of use a similar? In fact, did they use the same animation from Cinderella? Kind of like that final shot of of as their. Um, I, I, I think it is. I think the bells, at least the bells and, and the um the driving the off carriage. In the carriage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seems very. You can mention another point: a lot of recycled animation in this film. Yeah, there exactly. And what what's your take on on that, Ibrahim? Is is about the recycled animation? They, the company, you know, they did it because you know to cut costs and whatnot. And it, this was a time when Disney films weren't. This is the early seventies, so this is pre-Renaissance and all that, and post Walt. So they weren't exactly you know, at the height of their success. So, you know, they had to save money here and there. So it never really bothered me really. And like, I only until I saw people on YouTube pointing it out, like, Oh, they're so lazy. It's like, no, they're not lazy. They're, they, 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 you know, that was just the best they could do at the time. The, the most um, egregious um, uh, showcasing of this is the phony King of England song. Cause you could literally see, where they take from Jungle Book, where they take from the Aristocats, and where they take yeah. from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. But even even throughout the film, there's like you know, with elephants, you could see for um Jungle Book and other stuff. But like it never bothered me again. It didn't really bother me either. I mean, I guess it's some kind of some people could use it as a nitpick, but just think you know they save some money, they save some time. It's not like they were using 
I mean, they, they, they modified it a little bit, right? Maybe not a lot, but they modified it some. <laughs> At least they have the actual characters, you know, from the from the film. Uh, be, the, be the ones moving around. But, true, true, uh, yeah. I mean, Bal- Baloo the, and Little John are the same design. <laughs> but Baloo and Little John are the same, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I so, found the alternate ending and on YouTube. I texted it to you. So oh, cool. It. Okay. Well, I'll 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 put that in the podcast notes in the blog too, so people can there go. Yep. can uh, check that out, myself included. I'm excited to I'm excited to to watch that because yeah. I I, don't I haven't seen I, it in a long time myself. I don't think I've ever I've ever seen it. Uh, what uh, I mean, I was thinking about what we, what we were talking about earlier. How this I mean, some people do have this ranked really low of those who have chosen you know done mm-hmm. a ranking of the Disney canon, but also you, you talk to some people. I mean, I think, you know, not unlike ourselves, if this was a real sentimental film from their childhood, uh, why do you think this film has such, I don't know if it's necessarily polarizing views, but maybe we should just focus on the positive. Like, why do you think this film has kind of an extra special place in people's hearts who love it or and who grew up with it? I think that's part of it. Like you said, cause a lot of us grew up with it and it's this might have maybe you know i don't know for sure but maybe this is one of the first films that went to vhs and this is at the time when a lot of us were watching vhs tapes and yeah Robin Hood was yeah. one of the first ones we've seen uh maybe it went to laser disc but i never had it laser disc a little before yeah my i didn't have we didn't have any of <laughs> either it was, yeah. it was a vhs yeah so yeah so that, that's I'm, i feel that plays a part of it and you know also us not knowing about Robin Hood prior and this being our introduction to him. So we, we there's nothing for us to compare it to either. So I think that also um, plays a part. Um, but I feel for other people who maybe didn't grow up with it, they don't have the nostalgia to it and they've seen other versions of Robin Hood. So they're comparing it or they get turned off by the recycled animation, which is like, it's not the entire movie, you know, it's only like, it's <laughs> right. <laughs> do you have a favorite quote or one that you use a lot uh, from from this film well there's so many um i don't know, I know. it's kind of hard to pick this kind of not necessarily fair solid, solid gold hubcaps like or little john <laughs> saying boy boy are we in debt after robin Hood says we just borrow from the rich um yes hiss you never run when i need you <laughs> or, that, that's the poor box from Friar Tuck. Like, <laughs> prominently trigger now. I know why your mama called you nutsy. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's yeah. just so many. I can't pick So them. many. And such great performances. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I always think of Kiss the Royal Ring. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Sire. Yeah. As they're stealing all the jewels. Ah. <laughs> And, it's, and it, uh, it, it, it's funny, like how, you know, they're stealing it, like they're cutting, using their sword to cut a hole underneath, like the trunk, and it's being held by four guards, and like no one's seeing anything. It's like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's really, it's, it's, it's such a fun film, and I hope that people will take some time to, if they haven't seen it for a few years, just to check it out, you know, and, and, uh, and such thing because there's just there's there's a lot there's a lot to like. I'm so glad that they've got it on Disney Plus. And oh, yeah. if they recommend yeah. it, so uh, it's it's um, it's really it's really a, a delightful film. Do you have any final words to share about about Robin Hood, Ibrahim? Oh uh, no, I guess um, I was just thinking about their presence in the parks and like I think feel back in the day they used to have like Robin Hood like meet and greet characters. I don't know about anymore, but you know, it's like we said, it's not really one of the more famous of the Disney films, but if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend so. Absolutely. I I think it's definitely worth checking out. You know, you did bring up a good point about about the parks. Uh I um, I was talking about this with some with some friends about uh, what a Robin Hood ride might be like. Mm, that'd be cool. And 
And I think it's one of the things that those of us who like it would like it, you know, would, would like it, but they don't, it's all just set kind of in the forest or maybe a little bit in the town. <laughs> It'd be more Dude. just looking at the, at the fun, you know, anthropomorphic characters rather than, rather than like going somewhere. You know, or I feel like it would have to something. be um, a dark ride, but something along oh, absolutely. Like, like Winnie the Pooh. So you can have like higher octane sequences, like when, like during the 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 target shootout at the end, when everything's going helter skelter. So as the car is moving, you're going back and forth between all these scenes and bump, almost bumping into these uh, animatronics or whatnot. And then you know, even when you get to the ending. Um, uh, with the climax, I feel I feel it could be fun. Something along the line of Winnie the Pooh or like the old Snow White ride. Yeah, they don't have any more at Magic Kingdom. But. Yeah, yeah, you need to come ride the one at Disneyland. I just just went on it again. You know they've they've uh, spruced it up. And oh it's, yeah, it's, the Enchanted Wish or something. Yes, right? and it's terrific. It's terrific. If is it the same? Is it you like dark rides? Is it the same? So um, or it's the exact same. They I don't yeah. think they did a thing to the track. Okay. But how how it used to end was the very final scene right before the you, you know the, the vehicle had pushed through the doors to the yeah. exit. Uh, the dwarfs have chased the the hag, you know the the, the yeah. wicked witch, and she's she's trying to you know With the rock use, the, like yeah, fling that rock at them, and she falls. And you hear, you know, there's like this flashing light. And she screams, and then, and then it's the end of the ride. Uh, uh, they, uh, it's, it's got this, you know, little mural. But if you're not really paying attention, you're not seeing the mural because you're just kind of focused on exiting, you know, getting out of the vehicle. But they've really changed like the final third of it. First okay. off, they spruced up the diamond mine, the diamond mine, because it used it was not particularly cool, as I recall. It was just kind of like fluorescent, you know, kind of. Uh, just painted, painted diamonds. Now they've got them all lit and some, uh, some nice, either animatronics or just some three D sculpt, you know, some sculptures of the of dwarfs. And then uh, that there's still that scene where the dwarfs are chasing the witch up, but you see then the prince come and kiss Snow White. You actually go past that, and then you see Snow White saying, you know, goodbye to the dwarfs as they go off into the you know, you know, to their happy ending. So it's it's much improved. It's much improved. I think. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, my go- I had a goal this year. I wanted to go to Disneyland and California Adventure this year. So we'll see if uh, I can. Make oh, good. <laughs> well, I hope I hope it'll happen. And I, you know, this is so random. I know that on some some of the, if they if they do some kind of special like after hours party, I think sometimes they bring out these older characters. You know, oh, okay. uh, I can't even remember. The last time I saw a Robin Hood character in the park, but maybe maybe I did. I just did not, you know, not think. I definitely about don't it. remember it in my lifetime. I've only seen like pictures of like yeah. ones from like the seventies or eighties. The seventies, <laughs> exactly. They're promoting the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun, Ibrahim, to talk with you about about this movie that we both, you know, that we both like a lot. And and uh, again, hopefully we'll we'll go. We'll go and Thanks. check it out. Even where can people uh, find you and your content on social media? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I'm having so, so much glad. fun. I don't want to stop talking. I but, know. Same. Uh, I guess we have, we just to, have to come back. <laughs> just to come back. Another episode. I'll come yes. Back. Yes, and, yes. Um, you can find me at uh, my blogs or um com, as well as com, and I also have an Instagram related to both which is the.anim.com and again I'll put links I'll put links to all this uh, in the podcast notes on my blog so people can find that too well thanks again Ibrahim it's been such a pleasure and yeah let's do it let's do it again I'm down for it anytime thank you Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. 
Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at MoviesPAP, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth. Thank you.